You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Anas Kesto. I'm salty not just because Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, but also because I'm salty in the sense that I'm watching the culture shift towards this progressive ideology, and it's becoming more anti-Christian by the day, and it's been slowly destroying our Christian values. I'm also salty because I'm watching Catholics become very lukewarm in their faith and not standing up and defending against this secular culture. So I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. Alright, let's begin. The seven sacraments are probably the most fundamental part of Catholicism, and much like most things regarding the faith, Catholics found a way to screw them up. We treat the sacraments the way we treat a, um, a child's first birthday or graduation day, just a thing we go through in life. We tend not to focus on the meaning of the sacrament and the effects that it has on us, in the physical and in the metaphysical. So before I get into yelling about how majority Catholics have the wrong approach, uh, first I'm going to discuss what the sacraments are. The Catechism puts it this way, and this is from paragraph 1131. The sacraments are efficacious signs of grace, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the Church, by which the divine life is dispensed to us. The visible rites by which the sacraments are celebrated signify and make present the graces proper to each sacrament. They bear fruits in those who receive them with the required dispositions. Okay, so a lot of big words there, so let's break it down. The phrase, efficacious sign of grace, that's the key in the paragraph. The sacraments are efficacious, which means they're effective, and they do what they say they do, and because of God's power, they simply work. They're a sign, and a sign is an object, a word, or a gesture that points to something that's beyond itself. And since the sacraments are a sign, it means that the sacraments use all kind of human objects, words, and gestures to point to something that's beyond ourselves, something greater, which happens to be the grace of God. Think of using water in baptism. The water is the sign, but it points to something much bigger than just water. And finally, sacraments are a grace. And in Catholic teaching, grace is defined as God's free gift of His presence. So the sacraments are a free gift. They cost nothing at all, but their value is infinite. So with that said, we Catholics believe that the sacraments point to and are a channel of God's grace. They work as an effective mean to communicate between us and God. They're instituted by Christ. They're entrusted to the church to be administered to us. And whoever receives them actually shares in the divine life of God. So we have the sacraments of baptism, Eucharist, confirmation, confession, anointing of the sick, holy matrimony, and holy orders. So I'm going to briefly go through them just to refresh your memory, and then I'm going to tell you how Catholics are ruining them just to be a buskill. I mean, I am salty after all. So first is baptism, and it's the first sacrament Christians should receive. It's the sacrament that washes the stain of original sin from our soul and welcomes us into the church. We also receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like Peter says in Acts 2, where uh, someone had asked him what they need to do, and he said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Plus, we can't get into heaven, not ordinarily at least, without being baptized. In the Gospel of John, in chapter 3, Jesus says, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Jesus even gave specific instructions to the disciples before he ascended into heaven. We see this in Matthew 28. He tells them, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what do Catholics do with this information? Well, they plan a party, of course. (laughs) I mean, it's perfectly fine to celebrate one of, if not the most important day of a human's life. But the celebration seems to consume the meaning of the sacrament. 
Instead of baptizing the baby as soon as possible, many Catholics try to pick a day that's convenient to the guests that they would like to invite or plan a child's baptism based on the availability of their preferred venue because, you know, God forbid the country club isn't available on a Sunday for two months. Again, I'm not saying celebration isn't important. We should celebrate joy. We should celebrate salvation. Celebrate receiving the grace of God and entering into the church. But when the celebration becomes the focal point and not the sacrament itself, you're doing it wrong. Every Catholic should look to baptize their child within the first few weeks of life. And that's not even an opinion. That's straight up according to canon law. Your first and most important goal as a parent is the safety and security of the child. That includes their soul. The child's soul should be the only thing on your mind as a parent. That's what's important. Not the venue, not who the guests of the party will be, or the photographer will be, or who the godparents will be. Those are just distractions from the sacrament. And speaking of godparents, for the love of God, pick godparents based on who will be a good example to your children growing up. Don't pick somebody just because they're your cousin or your friend and they might get upset if you don't pick them, or somebody might get upset if you don't pick them. I've seen people genuinely get really mad over the choice of who the godparents are. I mean, way to make the day about you and not about the child who's being baptized into the church. And I bet all the focus on the baptism and the party and the godparents and all that stuff makes one forget about the sacrament of confirmation. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm Chaldean, which means I belong to the Eastern Rite. In the Eastern Rite, the sacrament of confirmation is administered to the infant immediately after baptism. But I'll let the other guy who has a podcast called The Right to Be Catholic to eventually talk about this if he decides to do something good with his life. So for those who forgot that confirmation exists, this sacrament, by the way, provides a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we receive at baptism. We're sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us an increased ability to practice our Catholic faith in every aspect of our life. But I personally have never seen anybody post pictures of their children saying, look, I'm celebrating my baby's baptism and confirmation. Confirmation seems to be a forgotten sacrament for some reason, and I think as Catholics we should change that. The next sacrament we screw up is the Eucharist. I'm not going to go into details about the Eucharist being the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. I highly recommend listening to the first episode of the Catholic Avengers where Jeff and Pilar talk about the Eucharist. And if you feel like going even deeper into the Eucharist, I recommend a book called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist by Brad Petrie. But for now, I'll just assume you listening believe and understand this to be true, that the bread and wine are no longer bread and wine, but through transubstantiation, they are physically the body and blood of Christ. Okay, so a few ways we screw this up. First, with our children's first communion. Much like the sacrament of baptism, there seems to be an emphasis on the celebration rather than the sacrament itself. Plus, some parents don't even believe in the real presence. I taught first communion for about 10 years. I can tell you based on personal experience, most of the parents that bring their children to class don't attend Sunday Mass regularly. Some are Christian and Easter only, if we're lucky. And when they do attend Mass, most likely they truly don't believe in the real presence. An alarming number of Catholics don't believe that Christ is truly and physically present in the Eucharist. And I'm sure you've heard some people call the Eucharist bread. Or if they want to get fancy and sound like they know what they're talking about, they'll call it holy bread. Okay, here's a true story. I had a parent once ask me when I was teaching communion, if they're allowed to hire their own private photographer for First Communion Mass in order to capture, and I quote, when my daughter takes the bread from that guy. <laughs> I mean, this guy didn't even call Bishop Bishop, so of course I wouldn't expect him to know about the real presence. But to these particular Catholics, receiving First Communion is much like graduating high school or college. They know their child is supposed to go through this milestone, but they don't understand why. They don't understand what they're receiving. They don't know, and honestly, they don't care. 
They just want to get it over with to go throw that big party, baby. Okay, so what about the faithful Catholics who truly believe in the real presence? Now, don't think I forgot about you guys. And of course, whatever I'm about to say applies to me as well, so please don't think I'm pretending to be better than anybody or, you know, more perfect or whatever. But even as faithful Catholics, we don't do a good job with this sacrament. Think about this. How often do we receive communion in the state of mortal sin? How often do we sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration to pray? We often take for granted that we have access to Christ physically, and when we receive Him into our body, we become one with Christ. We just receive communion, go back to our pew, and a few moments later, we leave Mass, forgetting that we just received Christ. And you can't have the Eucharist without Mass. The priest can't just take a piece of bread and quickly bless it and transform it into the body and blood of Christ. Mass and Eucharist go hand in hand. It's impossible to have one without the other. But most Catholics attend Mass, they're doing it wrong. And don't you worry, I'm going to have an episode on this topic. But moving on, but also keeping with the theme of celebration, Holy Matrimony! I think you can guess where I'm going to go with this. It's pretty much almost everything I said about baptism, except on a much, much larger and a more expensive scale. The wedding ceremony honestly is the least important part of the day to many couples and even guests. Think about it. Those who are married listening to this, did you book the date with your parish first and then started to look for a banquet hall? I bet, if not all, a vast majority went to the banquet hall first to save the date and then went to their local parish to book the date. Oh, and if the parish wasn't available to celebrate the wedding on that day, no problem. Just go to the parish a few miles down the road and book that church. There isn't anything morally wrong with booking a different parish than yours. But as Catholics, we have an obligation to be dedicated to our local parish. We lost that sense of community. The parish is supposed to be a local community where we come and pray together and celebrate Mass together and most importantly pray for one another and create a support system within our community. We seem to have lost the sense of community when we treat a church like a restaurant where if we don't feel like going to this one or this one is not available, we just hop onto the next church. But I feel like 99% of the focus is on the reception. Who's the band? Who's the photographer? Who should we invite? How should we decorate the venue? How many people should we have? Where should we sit them? What color are the bridesmaids going to wear, etc.? The sacrament itself is hardly on the bride and groom's mind, let alone the guests. And again, as I've said earlier, nothing wrong with celebrating one of the most important days of a human life. A day where a man and woman are joined together and become one flesh and start a family. But when the focus and the energy is nearly all spent on the celebration rather than the sacrament itself, we have a problem. When we only see about 10% of the guest list show up to the ceremony to witness the sacrament taking place, we have a problem. When we see only about 10% of the guests show up to the ceremony to witness the sacrament taking place, we have a problem. And the guests sometimes make the day about themselves. People get mad what venue was picked, what the food was, who the band was, where they were seated at the reception. Well, I'm sorry that the joining together of a man and a woman by the grace of God to form a holy union is not going your way. They should have accommodated you on their day of celebration. How selfish of them. But that's a major way that I think a lot of people get this sacrament wrong, is that they make somebody's wedding about themselves and how they feel about that wedding. We need to stop being so self-centered when it comes to any of the sacraments and focus on the metaphysical, focus on what the sacrament means itself. Anyway, moving on, we finally have the Sacrament of Confession. And I say finally because, in my opinion, holy orders and anointing of the sick are really hard to screw up. So holy orders is when a man is ordained a deacon, a priest, or a bishop in order to lead Catholics in faith. And there are minor orders like monks and nuns as well. 
And anointing of the sick is administered to those who are either seriously ill or those who um, may be going into some type of surgery so they can receive spiritual and maybe even physical healing. I feel those two sacraments are pretty straightforward and we haven't found a way to royally screw them up just yet. But going back to the sacrament of confession, my gosh, do we screw this up. First of all, the sacrament of confession is where we're absolved of all of our mortal sins. All of them. Any sin that was committed since the last time I went to confession up to the point where I went to confess, gone. I start over with a clean soul when I walk out of that confessional. So in the most obvious way, we screw this up by not going to confession often. Some haven't gone to confession since their first time, which was before they received their first communion. Like, what's wrong with us? Confession is free. Literally, we don't have to pay, trade any goods or services, or complete any kind of task correctly in order to have confession. The only prerequisite is that you're sorry for what you did wrong. That's it. So why aren't we going as often as we should? Are we embarrassed that we continue to sin? Wow, congrats. You must be the first person in history to ever sin more than what you want. Just suck it up and get in that confession line. Your soul is not to be gambled with. Hell is a reality. Go back and check on an earlier episode I did about hell. Our time of death is unknown. Why take the risk? And just as a side note, there is absolutely nothing you can confess to a priest that he hasn't heard 8 million times from 7 million different people. I think it's so arrogant that we try to think that we're unique in the way we sin. Yeah, like you're the only guy or girl who struggles with pornography or masturbation or gambling or sexual impurity or anything for that matter. It's not like you're going to go into that confession and tell a priest something and he's going to say, You did what? I can't believe my ears. Calm down. You're not special. Just confess and stop being a pansy. And confess your mortal sins before receiving communion. Otherwise, you'd be receiving communion in a state of grave sin. And that's also grave sin in and of itself. You'd be screwing up two sacraments simultaneously if you do that. But look, it's important that we remember sacraments are not a tradition. They're not little rituals we play out or some type of like make-believe game that we used to play in our childhood. They have the power to bring heaven on earth. Through the sacraments, heaven comes down to us. How crazy is that? Like, think about this. We are bringing something heavenly into our ordinary, boring, miserable life. And we're all like, meh, okay, so what kind of cake should we have? Like, come on, Catholics. We need to treat the sacraments with the respect that they deserve. They're not suggestions. They're not just a milestone in our life, like a first birthday or graduation. The sacraments have a reality to them that's way beyond our life here on earth and have a much, much significant effect on our life than any milestone that we can experience. So let's go back to making Christ the center of the sacraments. Don't treat the sacrament like a checklist or a to-do list. They're not a family tradition. They're what make us Catholics. And I'm going to leave you with a quote from the theologian Peter Kraft. He said, Sacraments are like garden hoses. They are the channels of the living water of God's grace. Our faith is like opening the faucet. We can open it a lot, a little, or none at all. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining again. Please continue to pray for me as I pray for you. And please also don't forget to check out our other podcasts by ECRC. We have The Catholic Avengers by the great Jeff Kassab and Polaris Hockey and The Right to be Catholic by the not-so-great Sean A.R. I love you all, God bless you all, and be salty. (laughs) 